The following podcast may be unsuitable for children or more sensitive listeners and may contain explicit language. You're listening to It's All True. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and each week I chat with a guest and ask them to reveal their own headline for a funny personal true story. For this episode, I sat down with comedian Ron Funches. We laughed a lot. Hey, if life's too easy for you, yeah. throw a kid in there. Put it on hard mode. <laughs> I reveal my true fandom. There's two people in the world, in the modern world, that I've taken notes on. It's Barack Obama. <laughs> and then there's you. And it all wraps up with this hilarious true story. I, I have a good response as far as like weird ladies like me, which is what I like anyway. All of this and more in this episode, but first, Here's a clip of Ron Funches from his debut album, The Funches of Us. I have a 12-year-old son, which makes me feel old, but I'm young, so it just makes me feel real fucking irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) He lives with just me, which I love, because I get to go out and do shows come home and bake him cookies, and I'm like, look at me, I'm Murphy Brown, doing it all. (laughs) It's just fun. He's a cool kid. I know a lot of parents say their kids are cool, but in my case, it's just a fact. (laughs) My son is like, if you shrunk down a gangster rapper, he's always shirtless and eating fried chicken and cursing. He's real bad with money. (laughs) He's a cool kid. He has autism. Um, He's also a bit of an asshole. Some people don't really like it when I call my 12-year-old disabled child an asshole. To which I always respond, if you only use about 30 words and your three favorite are more pancakes, biatch. (laughs) Actually, that's pretty cool, I like that. comedian Ron Funches on his debut album, The Funches of Us, released through Comedy Dynamics. Our conversation was recorded a year ago when I was still in Chicago, and he was there performing at Zany's. I remember thinking this would be a great opportunity for me to express that I am a fan of his work. In fact, about four years ago, when I had just moved from California to Chicago and was new to comedy, I wrote Ron a message on Facebook. I'm embarrassed. I love that I did write it, mm-hmm. but I'm embarrassed of every element of how I wrote this message. Because okay. I had just heard you on Pete Holmes' podcast, I think. And I just started as a comedian. All right. Hey, 
exclamation point. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to tell you that I'm a big fan of your work. It's okay. a real inspiration to me. That's nice. I just moved to Chicago and I'm starting to perform regularly as a stand-up. I like that. I'd love to see you perform next time you're in town. Keep oh, up the good work. That wrote, Thank you, and I wrote, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. so it was a good it was interaction. It you know, great interaction. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. I don't ever want to be mean to people <laughs> and then later find out about it because you actually yeah. did do something. Yeah. If I was mean and you didn't make it, then I'd be like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. You're from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised here. I left here when I was 13 and then moved to Oregon. But I spent most of my uh, school years here in the South Side. I've heard you in other interviews, there's a lot of very serious, crazy aspects of your life <laughs> that aren't necessarily reflected in your comedy. I'm curious, how do you develop that sense of humor? What does that sense of humor come from? Uh, well, I mean, if you're talking about like traumas, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just, uh, uh, you know, that there, you know, there's violence here and there's bad problems here. My mom was in an abusive relationship for a while here. For a while, I like to be, angry and uh, was just like I hated school and I hated things and I was just like that's not accomplishing anything. The only thing that I can really control is my reactions to things and how I choose to look at the world. And so at some point I was just like there's always going to be bad things that happen and there's something beautiful in that. <laughs> and so I can just give my best effort and do what I want to do and something bad's going to happen no matter what. So I might as well live my life the way I want to live it. I think that's kind of what my humor is, is more of a, like a reaction to bad situations, or my perspective of how, what can be perceived as bad situations are actually good for you. How much time did you spend in Portland before you moved to LA? Uh, let's see, so I left here when I was 13, and then I lived in Oregon and different parts, I lived in Salem, I lived on the coast, lived in Portland until three years ago. I moved on the 4th of July three years ago. Three years ago, probably. And then I wrote you that message. I'm just doing. I'm doing my timeline with yours. Yeah. Like, how this, I don't really care about your life. I want to know how that's related to where were you? Like, why couldn't you have written more than thank you? <laughs> no, no, here's the truth, though. There's two people in the world, in the modern world, that I've taken notes on. It's Barack Obama, <laughs> and then there's you. Because when you're starting out, you're like trying to see people who are like sort of a reflection of a sort of potential that oh, you have. what you want to, uh, uh, yeah. not necessarily what you want to copy, but yeah. an area you want to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing you, I was like, this is, you're allowed to be an absurd black person in comedy. Thank and you. And not, not, not wear a leather suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And I mean, that's a great compliment, but I was always inspired by people like Dave Chappelle, Dion Cole, people, like you say, like that, where I was like, oh, I don't have to be this stereotypical, overly masculine, overly like in your face type of black comedian. Um, 80s style comedian, not necessarily <laughs> a race thing. Yeah. And, but I was like, oh, I can just be who I am and there's humor in that. And, and so that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. Do you ever have any difficulty in terms of the different kinds of rooms you walk into? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets better and better you know, the more visibility I get, the more people know me from my show, uh, from Undateable, from At Midnight. That's been helpful because there's definitely times when I was first headlining where, you know, people would just see my face and they would just be like, all right, uh, he's probably going to be 
you telling me about uh, the way it is <laughs> and the differences between the races. And, uh, and I don't really do any of that. And so sometimes people would be like, mm, no. And it still happens on occasion. My main focus is always to, which I guess is not the best thing, but I don't really perform for that audience. I don't perform for that audience. I'm performing to get better. What would you say is your message? What is the message of your um, It's changing. Because <laughs> I just put out my album, and I would say the message of that album was all about kind of like toughness and um, what we perceive to be tough, and that I think that there's more... Uh, Toughness and being just being allowing your heart to be open and, and be injured instead of being like nothing can hurt me. I don't yeah. think that that's a real toughness. And I think that album was a lot about that, a lot about masculinity, um, and now I'm mostly working on a lot about confidence and and. Uh, Things in my life are changing. I have a lot more money. That's great. <laughs> uh, Do you have a lot more confidence? I have a lot more confidence. Ah. And that's great. But mostly my comedy is about love and about uh, accepting whatever comes your way and keeping a positive view, keeping your heart open, and never, never letting outside interferences change who you are. I mean, you can shape who you are and evolve, but, you know, I don't like it when you're like, a lot of racism, a lot of uh, things I see, sexism, are usually a reaction to one bad thing that happened to them. I know a, a lot of ladies who are racist toward certain races because a gentleman may have assaulted them of that race. I mean, that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You have to keep your heart open and know that that was a bad thing and yeah. know that, that you didn't deserve that, but also that that doesn't mean that that whole race is that type of thing. Um, again, now I'm just trailing. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy to be here. Um, my name is Ron. I'm originally from the south side of Chicago, Illinois. The correct response is a whoop whoop. I will not accept a belated whoop whoop. It just deserves one because Chicago is an extremely rough place to grow up in especially if you're the only brother on the block that's in the bumpin' Alanis Morissette. <laughs> so you ought to know, I moved to Oregon. What would you say the difference is between Portland comedy in general and the comedy in LA? I mean, it's hard to say now because I haven't been to Portland in a few years and things change. Um, the best part about the Portland comedy scene for me was that there wasn't any real template of how to succeed. The epitome of success at the time was going to be doing triple runs, which, you know, just traveling, doing one night gigs in Montana, Utah, and I had no interest in that. For a while, I was just like, I'm just doing stand up and I'm going to try to lower the amount of money that I feel that I need <laughs> to just so that I can just do stand up. And I was like, I don't care. I mean, I just hopefully one day that I can pay all my bills to stand up. And, and, and that was it. And then I could just be myself and work on my voice. And there's a lot of people who read there. And so it was... Wait, 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 what? <laughs> it's helpful. You have a lot of readers. 
because it's just uh, it's an intelligent vibe, and they they let you be a little bit weirder, and they don't expect you to be a certain thing, and so it was a real and the fact that they didn't even really expect much of local comedy really made it be like oh I can just do what I want and and get better, and the scene grew, and now they have a great festival at Bridgetown and uh, the club Helium, and what was the driving force for you moving to LA then? Uh, my divorce. <laughs> it was really the driving force of it, was the fact that I was going to have to find a new place to live no matter what. So I might as well move to L.A. I talked to a few friends like my friend Ian Carmel and, and Matt Bronger. And there's just a big difference when I would go visit L.A. Because the best that you could do in Portland was like, opening for big names and stuff. And then in LA, like when you're doing showcases and stuff, you're having to follow those big names. Like I had to follow Dave Chappelle recently. And, and it's just like, there's a whole different thing than between opening for yeah. Dave Chappelle and following Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and um, I needed that challenge. Do you think your career would be at the point that it is now if it wasn't for the divorce? Uh, probably not. I mean, it probably wouldn't have happened. It was just good timing of it. I needed to move either way, uh, and I was going to, but it was like, oh, now it's cheaper. I don't have to bring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Something I think about all the time is that comedians who have children are the hardest working comedians there are. Yeah. Like, I'll never have the same drive unless I have kids Get as a comedian. That's what I feel like. Hey, if life's too easy for you, yeah. throw a kid in there. <laughs> Put it on hard mode. <laughs> now you got two things to take care of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just for me, and again, it was probably an issue with my confidence at the time. Was like, I didn't care enough about myself to really try to motivate and, and follow the dreams that I had. But when I had my son, I definitely cared enough about him. So it was uh, just a big wake-up call. It'll be like, oh, I have, I want to do comedy. I still want to do the career that I want to do. So if I'm gonna do it. I also need to make money because he <laughs> likes food. And so it was just like, you better bust your ass. Um, and so I did, and I continue to do it because now he wants more things. <laughs> now you, it took him to Hawaii, and now he's like, we need a hot tub. <laughs> Does he like your comedy? Um, no. <laughs> he's not a big fan. He thinks I'm a big gotcha. loser. <laughs> um, he, I was on an episode of Adventure Time, and he loved that. Like gotcha. He was big into that. But you don't make him laugh. I do, I do, but he likes my bits about me uh, turning into a bear and eating his poop. <laughs> <laughs> Those don't really travel well. <laughs> Those are his favorite bits. <laughs> it's me threatening to eat his poop. <laughs> uh, you were telling me before we started recording about your love of Conan. Mm -hmm. And you've had, like, you recently got to the point where you're not just the stand-up on the side. I know. You're the person sitting next to him. I know. And then that last, when Ian Carmel was doing stand-up on the show, that was the first time I've ever seen uh, a late-night show where you hear the, the panelists' laughter during... You know what I mean? I could hear you talking to Conan and hear you talking to... Was that planned? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, when we figured out that... I mean, because Ian is one of my best friends. Um, we both did comedy in Portland. I used to sleep on his couch in Portland. We were roommates in L.A. when we first moved to L.A. Uh, and so when we found out that we were doing a show together, which was kind of just a big coincidence because we happened to be putting our albums out on the same day, which I didn't even know <laughs> that either. Uh, and so when, it, when I realized that I was going to be doing panel and he was doing stand-up, first I made fun of him for a while and was like, <laughs> hey, ha, 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 you got to perform for me. Like, <laughs> 
but then we were like, we'll be foolish if we don't take advantage of the fact yeah. that we're here together. I know your material. <laughs> He's, I was like, I don't want to step on your material, but like, let me heckle you. <laughs> Fudges! Hey, Carmel. Fudges, we're here. Can you believe it? I can. We used to, I, I guess it is fairly believable, but we used to, remember, we used to smoke pot and then talk about how one day maybe we could be on Conan together. Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, how about... <laughs> Your style of comedy. What I love about it is that you sort of take your time. Even when you, before you even say your first joke, you're easing people into your world, sort of. Yeah. Did you always have that? Or no. what, like, what was the original Ron Funches in comedy? Who was he uh, imitating, and what was, how, what's the difference between the styles? The original, I mean, it's still somewhat me, and, and you can, I mean, it's not hard to see the influences in me. Like, it's a lot of Mitch Hedberg, it's a lot of Dave Chappelle, some Stephen Wright, you know, it's, it's in there, people see it. <laughs> but, but it's also just a lot of me. But the, I say the original of me was me just trying to be the stand-up that I saw at clubs. And the best example is I would do a lot of, like, I'd come out and be like, who's drinking tonight? Da, da, da. Like when I was hosting shows. And I'm allergic to alcohol. So was, I was like, you know, I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> and, I, and the Sklar Brothers, I was opening up for the Sklar Brothers, and they were just like, you know, you're, all you're doing is hiding from your first joke. Like, wow. you're, you're afraid that they won't like your first joke, so you're trying to get on their side by aping what you think they will like. And they were like, just do your joke. If your first joke doesn't work, I bet you your second joke will, because you're good at comedy. <laughs> and so that was the best advice that I got. So from, from then on, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Why am I talking <laughs> about things I don't care? Why am I asking the audience's questions before I tell my joke? Why I'm like, do you guys like this? You know, it's just like, I don't care if you like it, you know? <laughs> I like it. And once I figured that out, it became a lot easier to just do what I like to do. Yeah, and you're also sort of just forcing an applause at yeah. that point, too. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and that's it. I've never been a guy that likes to be like, ah. Like, I'm never yeah. like, hey, what's up? Hey, I'm always like, hey, come here. Instead, come you throw here. Skittles in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only time when I'm like, ah. <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with more It's All True after the break. And when we return, you'll hear a headline for a funny personal true story from Ron Funches himself. Stay tuned. Hi, Tim here. You've heard my voice throughout the entire episode, but I thought I should remind you. I also wanted to let you know that our friends at Selected Shorts Too Hot for Radio are taking their show on the road and coming to the Chicago Podcast Festival on November 19th. Special guests Peter Sagel, Justin Kirk, Carrie Coon, Kate Todd Freeman, and others will be reading some humorous and saucy stories that they can't air on the radio, which, you know, sounds like fun. So check them out. Visit chicagopodcastfestival.org for tickets and info. In addition to that, I will be at the Chicago Podcast Festival. It's All True will be happening November 18th. For this special recording of It's All True, my guest will be Chicago rapper Rhymefest. And this is just the opening act for a live taping of Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. So visit chicagopodcastfestival.org for my show and a whole slew of other amazing podcasts. Thank you. 
Welcome back to It's All True. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and each week I chat with a guest and ask them to reveal their own headline for a funny personal true story. This week's episode features comedian Ron Funches. Here's his headline. Uh, Ron goes out with annoying girl, still tries to go out with her more and gets shot down even though he was better than her. That's a long headline. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a headline that you wrote. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does sound like me. I was dating a lady for a, for a good year, and I liked her a lot, I loved her a lot. And then we broke up, and so I was going out on a few dates. I went on a date with a lady, and I should have known that it was not good from the beginning, because she was like, I know who you are, da 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 da, uh. and was like, I want you, let's go out. So at first I was like, cool. Wait, were you saying that's a bad sign? Um, can be a good sign. It really depends on how they approach it. Okay. A lot of times they approach it like, I think you're funny, but then they don't say how much they know you. And uh -huh. I think that's good because they they're trying to get to know you. Yeah. But like this lady was just like, oh, I already know. I already know that about you. I already know this about you. And then she was like, I was telling my therapist about this date. And wow. I was just like, oh, no, I'm just yeah. like a circus freak for you now. <laughs> and you just want to go out and so you can go back and tell your therapist tomorrow. <laughs> and then it found out like where it was like, man, you really do need this therapist. Because uh, <laughs> anytime I would bring out my phone or anyone would bring out their phone, uh. She would just go look into their phone. She was like really voyeuristic. Uh. And not just like a glance. Like, like really analyze. Read everything until you put the phone away. I took her to a concert and she'd be looking at, at the rapper. We went to go see Currency, who was one of my favorite rappers, and I was mad because I should have brought one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> This lady. Uh, so she proceeded to just kind of get blackout drunk, and then just anytime someone ahead of her had a phone, she would go look at it. She'd be watching. So the complete concert. strangers. Yeah. She'd just be in the concert, in the concert, phone would come out, and she'd just look at it until they were done. I was just like, this is a weird lady. Yeah. And then she just got real drunk, and then at one point she was like, she just goes, I need to leave. <laughs> and so then I was like, I'll take you home. And so yeah. I took her home. And then for some, and I was like, I've had a horrible time. But I was like, would you like to go out again? And then she was like, let's just leave it at this. And I was like, oh no, I just got shot down by a drunk weirdo. <laughs> Wait, she was, oh, did you say widow or weirdo? Weirdo! A weirdo, okay. She could be a weird widow, uh, <laughs> but she was a drunk weirdo. Do, do you think uh, women approach you more now? Oh, most definitely. I'm on a television show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That would be a fun experience. It is fun. I like it. A lot! All right, I'm seeing the confidence. Uh, you know, it's great. I mean, in the, I, I have a good response as far as, like, weird ladies like me, which mm. is what I like anyway. Nerd ladies like me. Uh, like, real, like, your typical basic cocktail dress lady. Doesn't really seem much in me, which is fine. I get it. <laughs> We're not a good match. Yeah. But if you like Doctor Who and you like comic books and you like that type of stuff, those girls really dig it, and I'm I'm loving it. It's real fun. It's <laughs> real fun. <laughs>
That's the show. Thanks for listening. For information on Ron Funches, where he's performing next, and how to purchase his album, visit ronfunches.com. Be sure to subscribe to It's All True in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you find podcasts, and give it a positive rating or review. My Twitter handle is TimBarnes451, and you can follow the show at All True Podcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off saying, I believe in you. <laughs>